Say the same. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, the good news is we're here now. Man, we get to do this every Sunday. I don't. Uh, can't I look forward to this time, man. It's so good do time. I. I can't complain. Time, I can't complain. And we have tons to get to now. The off season's over. You know, training camp. We still got a few more practices to go this week. But for all intents and purposes, we're on to Cincinnati here, it's right? Go, I mean, yeah. We're on to football it's now. It's go time, yeah. And the Broncos had their first preseason game on Friday night. We've got tons to get into this morning. But on Friday night, the Broncos and Cardinals squared off in the first time that we've seen the Sean Payton Broncos on the field. Um, The inactives for this game, kind of want to start there. Just uh, a few names to put out there, and I think some some important perspectives specifically on this game. Sertan didn't play, Javante Williams didn't play, Kwan Williams didn't play, Justin Simmons didn't play. All right, so you're talking about three of what? Four of three of four, you know, starters, starters. in the secondary with with PS two, Kwan Williams and and Justin Simmons there, and then of course Frank Clark didn't play, Mike McGlinchey, Marvin Mims, Chris Manhurts, Brandon Johnson, Aaron Patrick, some of those guys. But I think it's important to to say that because as much as we want to evaluate the first team offense, and we'll get into you know all of this good stuff here coming up, but. As far as the defense goes, it's important to take into account that they really were working shorthanded on Friday night. Working shorthanded uh, did a good job, by the way, uh, even though they were shorthanded. Uh, but the guys that you mentioned, um, you don't really need to see a ton of. And I don't know if it was a precautionary measure, uh, if this was a statement saying, hey, we're really wanting to see a focus on the offensive side of the ball. But there's no surprises in terms of who set out there. I don't think Frank Clark needs to pay, play much at all. You know, what does Patrick Sertan need to prove to anybody at this point? Justin Simmons. So, K1 Williams is, is kind of a wild card. But you also have what I would consider a pretty heated battle in terms of those fourth, fifth, maybe even six cornerbacks. So, you, you need to see as much of those guys as you possibly can. Yeah, and K1 Williams last year dealt with injuries, too. You don't want something silly to pop up, you know, mid-year as he's, you know, he's recovering from that hand and he had some other things going on last year. So those were the inactives. Kind of wanted to get that out of the way so we were on the same page, right? Uh, The guys who got injured in this game, we'll get get to some of these guys here coming up a little bit later, but DJ Jones was ruled out of the game with a a concussion early, which obviously he's another one of those players that how much preseason football does DJ Jones really need? I mean, I mean, you'd like to get him a little callous, but at the same time, I think we could be done with DJ Jones in the preseason now. We probably will anyway because he's dealing with the concussion. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, Nick Benito went down with a hip. We'll certainly get back into him. And then Josie Jewell got poked in the eye, but everything will be okay there. So I kind of want to get into the big storylines first. Kyle, I know you and I both took notes on this game. And coming up in the next hour, we'll go through all those game notes. But the big one, this is the first time we got to see Sean Payton coaching the Denver Broncos. What was uh, what was your vibe there? What did you think of the orange visor? 
<laughs> did, did that stick out to you? Know. Uh, yeah, what, what do you think of it? I'd like a white visor better off. than orange. But, but honestly, to me, it was the it was the <laughs> buzz cut. That it, it was the buzz cut. I was like, oh, Sean went, Sean went with the fresh cut. Huh? All right. yeah, who knew all these things were up for debate, by the way? Yeah, and right away we could feel his presence because it didn't take long. It was the first drive of the game. Arizona moving down the field, getting close to midfield, catch out of bounds, and he throws that challenge flag. I'm back. Hey. <laughs> Sheriff is in town, my brother. Did you like that challenge early? Um, I've, why not? What, what do you it's say for season, right? And might and maybe you are. Uh, it's the procedure of things. Mm-hmm. How you communicate in, the, in, in that situation. So, uh, listen. This none of it's an accident. With with this guy, so well, a new Peyton in town. I don't, I don't know about that. There, there have been some accidents. Think, yeah. <laughs> Do you recall the Jared Bell article? That was an accident. That was an accident. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear you. That was a bad mistake. All right, so I had no problem with it. Why? Because the starters were only going to play. What was it? Fifteen to eighteen snaps. We were told before the game, right? So you're not really trying to save your challenge to actually win the game. The winning of the game isn't really what matters, right? It was getting the offense, Arizona's offense, off the field at that moment in time so you could get, you know, your offense onto the field, hopefully with better field position, right? No doubt. No doubt. So I, I don't mind. I don't mind what he did there at all. So, But, he, you know, I don't know if he's a guy that he, he goes about making his presence known in that way. What are you talking about? Uh, well, well, wait, 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 wait. Do you think he threw the flag because he wanted to make his presence known or because he wanted to go through the procedure of challenging a call? Get two birds stoned at once. Yeah. Right there. That's exactly what he did. That's He okay. said, I'm here, but it was also, hey, that's a good one to challenge, and hopefully we get the offense back. Now he loses the challenge, which for the Broncos, it feels like for new coaches, losing a challenge is kind of like, that's like how you get baptized into Broncos country, right? Big fan, Gio, Hackett. Yeah, exactly. Didn't it feel like right about? Oh, oh, he's lost his first challenge. Oh, he's one of us now. Yeah, Yeah, he's one of us now. But, you know, all all kidding aside, I actually was really encouraged by what I saw out of Sean Payton, and it was really refreshing. There were several different things that I took away from this game. In, In fact, at the end of the first half, he pretty much forced Jonathan Gannon's hand at calling a timeout. Arizona should not have called a timeout. Denver was trying to rush the offense off of the field and bring the field goal unit onto the field without a timeout and maybe like less than 15 seconds. And there was, you know, a bunch of commotion. And if Arizona doesn't call a timeout, I'm not exactly sure that Denver gets the kickoff, but they call the timeout. Elliot Fry comes out there and nails it. And what I liked about Sean Payton and the reason I bring it up and, you know, skipping ahead to that is that showed me that the situational work that they did in training camp paid off because Sean Payton talked about it, right, at length about situational football and situational awareness, and he wants the rest of the team to think like him. And, man, they got out there pretty quick. They did. They, they would have had a chance to get it off. Well, there's some poise there, right? And then as you observe practice, you see them kind of going through these wonky situations, right? Some things don't look very conventional, uh, and you never know when you're going to have an opportunity to play those things out on the football field. So um, he, he is very intentional in that way. So, uh, listen, tip of the cap to him, but he's going to win the chess match. There's no doubt about that. Which is refreshing, man. Oh, my God, is that refreshing no compared doubt. to what we've had the last five, six years. I yeah. mean, it's incredibly yeah. refreshing. And, and, and the problem is, uh, again, this is not hasn't been an overly talented team. You're not going to overwhelm um, much of the NFL. So when you have these 
one score, two score games, these type of things absolutely matter. Absolutely matter. What I really loved about Sean Payton, though, and I have to, you know, we'll, we'll get to all the good and the bad here, but the the takeaways that I had, look, this is a guy who can sequence plays. He can set something up later in the first half with a run look in the first quarter, right? With maybe a couple of drives before, I can show you something that looks the exact same way, and then, the, you know, two drives later, I'm going to pull it back out on you, and you're going to bite on it. You, you saw some of that stuff. You saw getting the first first down on the ground, right? Setting up the play action off the run game. We saw the forming of an identity. Yeah, there's a, a, a principle of offensive football. The guy's name is Tony Dimio. And one of them is that a play that is part of a series is far better than a play that stands alone. And you can see how Sean Payton operates in that way. So there are very few just one-offs, trick plays, things that aren't intentional, things that aren't designed to set up something later on in the game. The Broncos last year did not have a play-action game. We were promised that, right? That's what we were told. Yeah. Heading into the year, this is going to be the Shanahan offense. You're going to see a lot of that wide zone run, setting up the boot game, play action. It just didn't work last it, year. It just wasn't effective. It, it, it wasn't that there wasn't a, an attempt, right? No, and, they tried. And part, part of the play action <laughs> game tried. is that you have to have some success in the run game. And so, uh, you know, one of my really bright spots, and, and I know you kind of ribbed me about this, but Samaj P. Ryan, right? Um, I, I review about Samaj P. Yeah, you did, but it's okay. Okay, I don't forget anything. Right? I, I <laughs> Clearly, you and Coach Fry, <laughs> no doubt. Um, but his effectiveness in the run game, you can see how physical he is. Um, you can see he's a brutal, brutal runner, and then how they're planning to play off of that. So, um, if you're not effective in that run game, you get what you got last year. We also saw moving the pocket. We saw some of the boot game, and we also saw the fact that right out Ru- the gate, right out the gate, yeah. and Russell was a little overexcited. He had some pressure in his face, didn't read things the proper way. But you know that was the throw behind to Adam Troutman to start things off there, where it's like, come on, Russell, you you're hitting me. the guy in the flat. You just just give it to him. Yeah. Um, you know there was some good and some bad, but I, I don't know, man. There, from a foundational standpoint, w- we we talked about it all off season. Right, the raised baseline of expectation for improvement, just the little things that stepping onto the field week one, even preseason week one, it will look better than it did last year in some aspects, and it certainly did. So that was encouraging. I thought overall from Sean Payton, and we'll get back into some of this other stuff a little bit later because, like I said, I I do believe that we started to see an identity being formed, which Kyle it took by by week four of the regular season last year. I still didn't understand what Nathaniel Hackett wanted to do. And guess what? By the time he got fired on Christmas, I still had no idea what his goal was the entire time as far as offensive identity. So outside of maybe copy and pasting Green Bay's culture, that was pretty much the most I could gather from Hackett as far as an offensive identity. They just didn't develop one. And already, preseason game one, you can see those things starting to come to light with Sean Payton. You just can't. It's just different. Yeah, it's a breath of fresh air. Isn't it? It's it really exciting. is to me. It is. Like, if from that regard, and, and, and sure, the Broncos lost this game, obviously, however consequential you feel that is, but there are some really encouraging things, I think, to take from this, and, and we'll certainly dig into them. What did you think about the first-team offense moving forward? They won't, They were only supposed to be out there 15 to 18 plays, and it did not start well. Yeah, they, they ended up at 20, I believe. 21, I think. Yeah, 21. Yeah. Uh, listen, one of the things that I've noted – 
going into the game was how will they manage their third downs? Right? Mm-hmm. What what situations will you – how will you stay on schedule? First first series, third and seven, you got to break down in a protection up front. And that was surprising to me. And, and, and as we're talking about things that we're, we're happy about or encouraged about, um, what I wasn't encouraged about is the, the Cardinals' ability to get home <laughs> rushing four, right? Yeah. And that third and seven on the first series – it was a six-man protection from the Broncos, which means they kept the back end to protect Russell Wilson. They got home rushing four. And I say get home. They, they, they put pressure on the quarterback. Ben Powers gets beat. Third and seven, you're off the field. And that the ghosts of Broncos pass are haunting you immediately when the first in the first drive. Immediately, because the defense did a great job getting Arizona off the field after Arizona strung together a couple of first downs sure. themselves. And then they're on the field. What was it? It felt like a good chunk of time there to start the game. It had to be, I'll, I'll check the time of this first drive here because it's, I think it's important for context. It, it was uh, six minutes, okay? So they went nine plays, 28 yards in six minutes, and then your defense is out there the entire time, right? You you come out with the first team offense, go three and out. Well, guess what? Your defense has to go right back out onto the field. That's the same issue that we've seen for the last six years, quite literally. No doubt. And, and the frustrations that grow from that. So for me, as I observed that, the Cardinals got what they wanted to get out of that because Cole McCoy didn't come back in the game. Mm-hmm. So now tunes in. Okay, we saw what we needed to see. Uh, we're going to keep rushing Cl- Corey Clement for a little bit. But other than that, we, we got what we needed out of that going and, and have a Gatorade. Cool. Is, is that what it was? Or was it, hey, Colt, you know, look. You know, God for, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the old gunslinger Cole McCoy. Two things can be true, man. <laughs> Two things can be true. It was four drives, 21 snaps, as you said. There was a three and out. And then, and then Kyle, there were two missed field goals on consecutive drives. And, buddy, you just can't make it up. You can't make it up. I mean, the first time we see Bert and Ernie out there, each <laughs> one of them missed their first field goal. It was atrocious. We'll get back into that in a second. Uh, Russell Wilson went 7-13, 93 yards and a touchdown. He had 102.4 rating. Last year, he finished with a better rating just twice. So while it was obviously four drives for the first-team offense and the first two were a little rough, to say the least, Russell actually looked solid. Like, he, he did enough to where he put you in a position to have success. I thought he did. I, th- I thought he did as well. I, I thought he was a little bit more on time than he has been in the past. I thought so, too. Especially, yeah. when, especially the ball to Sutton. Um, I believe it was the second series, but there, but there was some times there where, uh, man, he just he, he looked in rhythm, and the balls were delivered in a crisp manner and allowed the the athletes to make plays with him. So I was I was pleased with that for sure. Samaj P. Ryan six carries, twenty six yards, as you just mentioned. Cortland Sutton three receptions, thirty five yards on five targets. I thought Sutton looked good, and Sutton, if we remember back to the beginning of last season. Sutton was Russ's guy when the play broke down. Russ was constantly looking for Cortland. In fact, the first, I think, six weeks of the year, Cortland actually had a really nice start to the 2022 season. So I'll be curious to see with the, you know, he slimmed down a little bit, Cortland did. He looks faster. He looks like he's better than he, you know, at least in better shape than he was last year. Looks like he has more confidence in the knee. He's going to play a huge role without Tim Patrick this year. There's just no denying it. Uh, Jerry Judy, of course, two catches, 40 yards, and a touchdown. Essentially the same route. Essentially the same route. What, between the 
both of his catches. They were both that yeah, kind of slot oh, yeah, yeah, slant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are those are kind of what you would call slot option plays, right? If he's playing high on you, you take the inside and, and, and get the ball real quick. There were some times from Judy, and I don't know if this is a Judy thing or a Russell Wilson thing. I feel like when the when the Cardinals brought pressure, uh, they missed some hot reads, right? Uh, that could oh, get the ball time. out of out of Russell Wilson's hands a little yeah. quicker. Um, so you'd want to see some improvement there. And again, I don't know if that's on Russell Wilson or on Jerry Judy, but uh, you can do some things to protect yourself a little bit more. I'm sure you'll want to get into the hits that Russell Wilson did take because this is still a preseason game, and he and he took some shots. Yeah, that second drive started out with a 19-yard completion to Judy. Great momentum. You get the first first down, and then Russ with the self-sack when he dropped the football and then picked it back up and took him, you know, right back, you know, kind of out of makeable field goal range, certainly for these two, uh, these two kickers. <clears throat> anyway. Man, what's up with that? Anyway, uh, Adam Troutman, nice little, nice little start to the game. Two catches, 18 yards. That's a guy they got for dirt cheap at the, at the draft. And, you know, there was a, there was a lot of Adam Troutman slander on our airwaves. Did you notice that? Over the last few weeks, over the last few months, it's you know the pro dosage party coming out <laughs> anti Troutman, and I'm sitting here going, this is a guy who Sean Payton moved up into the third round for when he was in New Orleans. They moved up, I, th- I want to say, a significant amount. They they moved a good amount to go get him, and in New Orleans, he was never you know maybe a game changer, but he's just a rock solid tight end. And the Broncos haven't really had a rock solid tight end in a while, Kyle. No, it's uh, it's been a while, but I, I understand why there was a little bit of pushback on that. Obviously, the Greg Dulcich thing is... It, I'm pro-Troutman party. Are you? Yes, it, I'm the pro-Troutman party. It stands alone. I, I think there was some... For me, personally, there's disappointment in that the Albert O athleticism... I, I don't think they've gotten everything that they could possibly get out of Albert O. So when you see Troutman and Manhurts come along, you're saying, that's pretty much the end of that chapter. Right. And so it, it, there's a little bit of disappointment in terms of For and you didn't feel like you got the best that you could get out of Alberto. Guy can't block, man. Yeah. It's as simple as that. I mean, we can get into that a little bit later. Sure. But can you teach blocking? Like, can you? No, can you absolutely can. At the pro level, if you come into the pro level and you're not a good blocker, can you make a guy like that into a good block? How often does that happen? I, I Well, there's got to be some willingness on the player. Just saying. Yeah. It doesn't happen that often when you come in. At the at the level that Alberto is, his story has been written here in Denver. It is time to move on. It, it just is. It just is. I don't know what else to tell. I don't yeah. even want to spend more time on it. I mean, the guy's inconsequential to what they're going to do. Well, and Troutman is 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 as advertised, right? Solid. Yeah, he's not a game breaker. He's he, rock solid, he, yeah, man. He's solid and good in a blocking game. There you go. He can catch passes, and they set up that tight end screen for him. That was a run action look, man. I mean, you, you noticed how they pulled the guard there. I thought it was really smart. They sold the run really well, and then they hit Troutman on the backside, man. It was perfect. I mean, it really was. That was an example of play sequencing based upon a look that they had given them in an earlier drive. And and I'm sitting there as I'm watching this film back, and I'm going, you know what? Like, that's the type of stuff we did not see last year. That was super encouraging to me. It was super encouraging to me because you do not need to be the most fleet of foot if you have good play design, right? Like like you're saying, I think – Adam Troutman's not going to beat anyone's, you know, presidential fitness records. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> Greg Dulcich, you know, I, I think is the, the sexier athlete. guy. He's yeah. flashier, right? But at the same time, I, the, this Broncos offense doesn't need sexy and flashy. They just need solid. I mean, really. 
Yeah, and I don't think they're going for that. If you look at the acquisitions over free agency. Not anymore. Yeah, yeah there's there's nothing sexy about it. Not anymore. They did but you get know the, what's sexy? What's that? Scoring. Yeah. And winning. Yep. And they did that on the well, they did the first part of that. On the fourth <laughs> on the fourth drive, they'd gotten in fourteen snaps and Sean Payton said, Nah. No, this isn't going to work for me. You guys are going back out there, which I loved it. I loved it. Don't be scared. Don't be, you know, don't operate out of fear. And I feel like Nathaniel Hackett made a lot of decisions based upon the potential repercussions, negative repercussions of of the worst case scenario. And Sean Payton just said, no, man, we're playing football. That was not good enough. We clearly need another drive. Go out there and get a touchdown. And they did. Yeah, and they needed that, right? And. Thank God they did get the touchdown because you don't want to see them close out the second quarter and, and have questions about them playing Can you the second have you. And we absolutely would have been talking about that had that been the case, right? If they don't get that fourth down and Jerry Judy doesn't uh, find his way into the end zone. You know, this is a completely different conversation because up to that point, right, it had been disappointing even though there were a few bright spots. I look at them on the second drive starting on the plus 41-yard line after a – after an interception and finding their way to come away with nothing. So they absolutely needed to go out there and have that type of success. And Russ looked good in the process. And, and I'm not saying he's looked good to the point where, hey, the Broncos are a playoff team. But what I think about it is I think he showed progress. I think he showed more of an understanding of what they're trying to get him to do. He was stepping up into the pocket. I thought there was a little bit more zip on some of those balls. I, I actually did, which surprised me because in camp – I, we were both out there together that day, and I said, hey, Kyle, I mean, this guy lost some mustard from his fastball, man. It just, it's just the truth. Some of these deep balls are hanging up in the air. That floater to Judy on that deep over we saw that day, I mean, boy, that thing was up there for a, you know, forever and a day. It really was. But, but I thought he had some zip on it, so that was good to see. But you brought up O-line, and you brought up protection. Oh, yes. Kyle, they got a problem. They have a real problem. And obviously you and I haven't had a chance to talk yet, but Mike McGlinchey going down with the knee sprain – earlier this week, or, or last week rather, in training camp, what a huge loss that is. To miss that key cog of your offensive line through the bulk of training camp, it could have been worse, but it's still not good. Yeah, it's not ideal. And and, and obviously that's a group you needed to get off to a really good start, right? And, and you want that to be, I believe it's the most important unit on the football team. And to uh, and to have that investment delayed in that way, it's 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 tough. But it is what it is. You got to move forward, next man up. I think the disappointing part, as you watch him play on Friday, is that there's thirty million dollars on the left side of that line. And on the left side, on the left side between okay. Bowles and Powers. Okay. Yep. It don't look like a thirty million dollar. You mean per year? Yeah, yes. yeah, yes. Yeah, not total value of yeah, contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not total. Yeah, because that's way bigger. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. That's still a lot. That's still a great investment. Garrett right? Bowles' lateral movement is a problem right now. I went back and watched it. He's 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 not trusting his legs right now. He just isn't. He looks slower. He looks sluggish. He's not getting enough pliability out of that hip, and I feel like he's just not trusting enough on that on that leg to really plant and and, and shift right now. He got beat a bunch and put Russell in some bad situations. Now let's hope Garrett Bowles can start to feel a little bit more comfortable with time, but that was not a good sign. Not a good sign. And Ben Powers in pass protection, that was not encouraging either. It wasn't. And we knew that a little bit. Yeah, we did. No, we, we did. did. But seeing it, 
was a little <laughs> no, it no, was a little different because yeah. you know there's that element of veiled mystery where you're like, wait, let's see what this guy can do. And we'd seen it in training camp where it's like, oh boy, this 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 D line that we all had questions about is wrecking shop most days against this Broncos O line where they spent the most money in the off season. But Ben Powers, look, let's hope he gets better because he needs to. You know, I, Coach Prime, as Coach, go back to Coach Prime. He said, I know you can do better. That's what he said. Receiver dropped the ball the other day in practice. He said, I know you can do better. I know you can do better, Ben Powers. At least I'm hoping so. I, you better do better. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, um, and that affects you schematically because if you have to start keeping tight ends in to help, running backs in to help, um, that limits obviously the things that you can do downfield. So there, there needs to be, Golly, we say attention to that particular position, but how much more attention can you pay to it? You, you dug in your pocket, you know. So you need those guys to step up and play well. So we, we tried. Yeah, yeah. It, it, none of this is for lack of trying, by the way. You know, the, the investment has been made, so that has to now manifest itself on the field. It's it was tough to watch, man, because that was absolutely the issue on that third and seven on the first series. We've got some more positives to get into, certainly, but there's also a huge concern. And it was one that, gosh, Kyle, everybody saw coming except for Sean Payton. And we'll dive into it next. Good morning and welcome to Denver Sports Station 104.3. The fan, Matt Smith and Kyle Reese on your Sunday morning. Join in on the RamosLaw.com text line 303-713-1043. We'd love to get your take on the game and what you think the Broncos need to do moving forward. And that's where we'll start this segment, at least, Kyle. Moving forward. Okay. The situation that presented itself on Friday night, you just couldn't make up because it was written in the stars, all right? There are some things in life, like here's a good example. If I'm driving down the road and there is a sign that says road closed, cliff, right? I'm not going to continue going down that road. And in the NFL, one position you never, ever, ever want to be in is playing kicker roulette, where every two weeks you're bringing in different guys for tryouts. And if you get a consistent kicker, man, that's like found gold because they can play a huge role for you, and they just don't exist. It's a, they're, they're a dying breed, the consistent kickers. We used to see it, I feel like, you know, 10, 20 years ago, more so than we do now. And the Broncos, despite having Brandon McManus, who for the better part of a decade has been rock solid for them, they let him go because they said they wanted to save some money. You know, that was their biggest, you know, reason for doing that. And it was also performance-based. He didn't have a great season last year. But everybody here understands that there were also extenuating circumstances like kicker, holder, right? There was a coach. lot. Coach. Right? I mean, all of it. Thank you for including coach because that was a big part of it. But Elliot Fry and Brett Maher were brought in for the open kicking competition for the Broncos. Brett Maher coming off the disastrous playoff game where he missed four extra points. And Elliot Fry has had six kicks in the NFL and has been primarily, a, what is it, XFL or USFL kicker. It was a horrible plan. We knew it going in. And right away, Bert and Ernie, each of them, missed their first kick. And there's been tons of reports out of camp, at least from them, that they've been having a good camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've uh, they've gone back and forth in terms of competition. Look, I don't know that I would have ever signed up to be the next to audition Mr. Maher after the meltdown that we saw in the playoffs. 
Like, like who signed? Yeah, bring me that guy that proved to you. What was it? Four extra points four. that he missed in the Cowboy game. Let's bring him on in after we just got rid of one of the most consistent kickers in franchise history. It, I, it, it I just, actually think that you and I were the first to address the situation on the station because they signed him late on a Friday, if you'll remember. And Sunday, sneak him in the back and, door. Yeah, they did. And on Sunday, you and I came in here and, and went, wait, 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 Brett Maher? Who? Wait, the guy that we just saw what happened in Dallas? You're kidding me. You know what it was? And, and we said it at the time. You don't shake the yips like that. If you miss four extra points in one game, in a playoff game on the biggest stage, you just don't shake that, man. That stays with you. Yeah, there are a lot of uh, cerebral positions in football. Quarterback, obviously, is one of them. Uh, but a kicker is absolutely one of the most mentally fragile positions that you can have on your team. And so when you've got a guy who's already in the dumpster in terms of mentality and success on the field and his last as second to last game, he was an absolute disaster. We're not bringing that guy in. Like, how are you replacing, again, one of the most consistent kickers? And I don't care if you didn't like the guy. It's not about liking people in football, right? And you can't go on the cheap. Like you said, to save how much money? How much money did you actually save that is, that's not going to somehow play out on the football field some, at some point? A million, over million and a half. That, 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 to me, that's chump change, and it's worth keeping that guy and the headache on the team. Didn't they learn this lesson last year when they cut Sam Martin for Corliss Waitman? And Sam Martin ends up being fantastic for the Bills last year. I, You know, this was, and I know it was a little bit different because Sam Martin was playing, you know, catch in the preseason game before Buffalo and twisted his ankle. So they were like, screw you, man. You're not Take your job yeah. seriously, yeah. you know. And they made a bad decision then. Yeah. I mean, Corliss was okay, but he was extremely inconsistent last year. But, Kyle, we well, all he, saw this he coming, kick man. a whole lot, though, man. I, I don't That's think Whitman was That's so fair. bad. He just, you know, hell, if he kicks seven times a game, you're going to have two of them that don't work out. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, okay, that's fine. I just felt like he was inconsistent. That's I fine. Did. And, look, if you get enough opportunity, you might as well develop a little rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Okay, uh-huh. so, so you are now back to square one. Neither of these guys, I, they will continue to be in camp, but truthfully – Tomorrow, the the Broncos ought to have Mason Crosby and Robbie Gould in here for open tryouts. They should. And 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 again, with those two guys, you're not going to have the big leg, but you are going to have some consistency, some guys that have been in the fire before, which is basically what you had in Brandon McManus. Would you feel uncomfortable with either of those guys from 55? Not at all. Not at all. Okay, so and, so if it, if you would feel comfortable with both those guys from fifty five at altitude, mind you, right? What are we doing? What are we, what, what's the point? What of this are we doing here? And, and so and, and it seems so atypical of Sean Payton because he did have very good special teams in New Orleans. And Garrett Hartley, I had to go back and and, and look it up, but he he was he was their guy, and and that's one of the marks of a good good team, good contenders. Their special teams are kind of. They're, they're in the background because they're so consistent. You don't even talk about it, right? They do their job. They come to work and they go home. You, you don't have a conversation about them. So, um, and, and I thought that was one of the staples of his team. And, and so for him to have this type of question uh, in the early parts of his tenure, to me, that's a, a little atypical of, of what he's done in the past. To me, it was a little arrogant. It was where his arrogance kind of came out. Mm. He had worked, obviously, with Brett Maher in the past. He had a relationship with Brett Maher. Maher was in New Orleans, right, for a little while. You know, it was Will Lutz. Will Lutz was there as well. But, look, I I just – I don't get it, man. Kicking is so important, and it it may not be – I'll I'll equate it to this. 
It's like a specialized tool that I've got in my workshop, right? I don't need it for every job. But when I need it, I can't get the job done without it. And that's what we saw for the Broncos because it already cost them a football game. But it was the preseason. So you got lucky. You really did get lucky because this is an early warning sign that if you're proactive, you can go out and address. And that's a great illustration of that because, you, I don't know, in life you try to avoid buying things that do one thing, right? You don't have a whole lot of kitchen gadgets that only do one thing, but this is not one of those instances. And guess what? You spend the money on it, right? You spend the money on you, it. You don't You know why? Be, exactly. Because if I go down to Harbor Freight and pick up the tool that's going to break after one time, what happens when I need it the next time, right? What happens when I need it for the next game and the next game? And and this, this to me. Do it right or do it twice thing. Absolutely. Go ahead. Absolutely. No, no, I'm just saying you, you're 100% correct. And I just don't think the Broncos have time to mess around here. Because if you're trying to turn the culture, here's a perfect example. You miss two field goals, right? Drive number two, drive number three for the first team offense. If either of those go in, do you think it changes the way? Do you think it changes the way the offense comes out the next drive? Yeah, it does. Because now you're playing with the lead. The defense, the defense can't run those cover zeros because they're worried about the back end, right? If you make those plays, Kyle, if you make those kicks, look, look, man, it's just it's a simple correctable. It yeah. is. The devil's in the details, man. And, and you hate to reflect. You hate to go back from the end of the game and go back to a second quarter issue in that way. But it absolutely plays out. When you leave money on the table like that, right, you're going to have a whole bunch of the what ifs. And I say it's a simple correctable, but it's really not. Not anymore. I mean, you go out and you bring in a guy like Mason Crosby or Robbie Gould and you hope it works out now. Right. I mean, you're going to be in this position until you can find somebody consistent again. And if the Broncos want to build a winning football team, having a guy that that you can trust to go out there and make big kicks and pressure situations and not even big kicks. How about just a kick to start off because he couldn't get the first down and you need to put some points on the board. Right. And get this thing off and rolling. It doesn't have to be a huge kick to win the game of what your defense, the position again, that was a drive that started on the plus 41. Great point, Take Kyle. advantage of what your defense has done for you. Great right? point. So Short drive on offense doesn't really matter. We got three out of it. All right, boys, here, let's go out and get them on the points. field again. Yep. Absolutely, because then you're playing complimentary football, right? And if your kicker is holding you back, it's like the last position that you ever want to be in because who knows who's coming in next week to try out for, for this position. Yes, so if you've got to pay a million more to go get a free agent off this, go do it, man, and do it now. Yeah. Don't wait. Well, and here's, you know, not in his defense, but he's not the only person that tried to get this done on the cheap, which is the reason Mason Crosby and Robbie Gold are even on the street in the first place. Good point. So, you know, there is a mentality that, you know, you can get similar production from younger guys for cheaper from that position. And so there are a lot of, a lot of teams that try to cut corners in that way. So, uh, but man, don't let it come back and bite you in December. You know, it's just like having the concrete mixer and you go to put it in the mix and it just, you know, falls apart. It breaks your drill. I've had that happen before. Okay. And you're like, happened. great. Next time I got to mix concrete, I got to go actually spend more money. And now I got to buy a drill too, right? It's like now I already lost the game. Now I got to go get another kicker and eat this money that I'm already paying these jamokes. <laughs> like I'm just saying, like what what are we doing here? It's kicking. It's not that complicated. Let's simplify it. Spend the money. Yeah, uh, I want to talk about the most pleasant surprise that we've had at training camp 
has kind of popped up here and, and continued their strong play. They did certainly in the first preseason game, as well as the defense. Haven't gotten much into the defense or the backups. All that and more coming up next. We ain't having no bad days. Stay living. The youngster has bounced around the league with Chicago, Baltimore, Carolina, Tampa Bay, Atlanta, Kansas City, Green Bay, Cincinnati, Jacksonville, and Arizona. He just hit from 55. Matt Smith and Kyle Reese on your Sunday morning on Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan. Yeah, Elliot Fry did eventually step up and nail a 55-yarder. So, at least he'll have that memory from Broncos training camp. That time he made a 55-yard field goal in Broncos preseason. I don't know that he's going to have many more memories, but he's going to have that one. So you're telling me there's a chance. I guess. It's a very small one, Elliot. Very, very small. Did not like what we saw from Bert and Ernie whatsoever. You know, on the text line, we're getting some pushback. Screw McManus. Didn't like his, you know, off-the-field antics. What does any of that matter? What does any of that matter if the guy can make kicks? I'm just asking. If he's consistent, what does it matter? It, it just doesn't. It just doesn't. There's okay? a lot of guys in the NFL that if you really knew them, you wouldn't like them. Someone, someone else says overrated and replaceable. Really? Really? Replaceable? How have they done so far? Not great. Small sample size, but not great. It, there aren't a lot of good kickers out there, guys. If there were, every team would have one. But there aren't. That's why we see a multitude of teams every single season on the kicker roulette wheel where they're just hoping it lands on their number. Right? I mean, that's just what's happening. I mean, Cameron Dicker last year with the Chargers, you remember that one? Dicker the kicker. Dicker the kicker. One of the most pleasant surprises from Broncos training camp carried over into the game the other day, and I'm curious to get your take on it. And it was one of the areas, Kyle, that you and I were most critical of throughout the entire offseason, certainly the most skeptical about, and that's this pass-rushing group. Nick Benito, Jonathan Cooper, you know, even on the defensive line, guys like Matt Henningsen and Elijah Garcia. We mentioned Elijah Garcia last week. He came up and had himself a nice game. What have you seen here early in camp and then transitioning to what we saw on Friday night out of this young pass rushing group? Still early, all right, to give them the green light. Uh, but you've got to be encouraged from what you're seeing. Obviously, DJ Jones and, and Zach Allen are going to be your guys on the interior. Randy Gregory and uh, Jonathan Cooper started the game uh, on, on the edge. So, I mean, you're solid in your in your first string guys. You want to create some depth, particularly guys that can be situational guys for you. Uh, I thought Matt Hennessy had a really good good game the other night uh, and, and flashed at some points. Uh, there were some times where you'd like to see him move the line of scrimmage to the other side uh, and, and not be on skates, but I, I thought all in all uh, he had a really good performance. And then uh, Nick Benito. You know, these are guys that, you know, we had some serious questions question marks about. They were brought in last year via the draft, and now here they are. Um, maturing a little bit and, and, and sometimes that takes that time uh, but you've got to believe that this is on an upward trajectory so I know that uh, both you and I had a ton of questions probably more you um, you were really unsettled and, yeah. and, and and so you know maybe this is a little Pepto for your stomach for a little bit and, and you can sit back and, and appreciate the maturity that you're seeing on the field yeah I just think it was a big gamble the way that they approached no this position group right. and, and, and you know 
this part of their team. And, and early returns are solid. Like, I'm not going to deny that. I've had tons of questions about Nick Benito, and, and more credit to him for stepping up. He made a few plays in the run game, too. He set an edge, I saw. I don't know, you know, if that continues or how often he can do that. But good, encouraging signs. And I love the fact that you're seeing Jonathan Cooper, who's looked great in training camp, transition over, right? And you mentioned it. He started because Frank Clark didn't play. And Frank Clark will be the starter for the Broncos there. But they do need rotational pieces because you've noted many, many times this offseason that you can't have plan A be Frank Clark playing most or all of your first and second down snaps. You just can't. Yeah. Right, I mean, you can't expect that. Now, at you hope he produces his career. He is. You don't want him to be a base down player, base down first and second down guys. I will say it didn't just stop there, though. I thought the undrafted rookie Marquise Haynes out of Old Dominion, who who, who has popped off in training camp a little bit and shown some flashes, had a nice game. You know who else I liked? Thomas Incombe. I thought mm-hmm. Thomas Incombe did a good job of generating pressure. So the Broncos actually have a very, very solid group right there, at least early returns, and that's important because they don't have many dudes. But I'll give them credit. The dudes that they do have up front, they're legit. Zach Allen, as advertised, he has been a wrecking ball in training camp, and on the first drive of the game, he was held twice, no calls. He's going to be a force. It'll be an upgrade from Draymond Jones. I I was not sure that was going to be the case. I think I'm pretty confident in saying that he'll be able to generate a little bit more pressure this year because Draymond's numbers from last season and Zach Allen's numbers from last season were damn near identical. Right. And you, and now you save a little bit of change. So it, so it works in some instances. Um, I, I, I don't think coaches get enough, particularly assistant coaches, get enough praise in the NFL because, um, you know, you're only as good as those guys. And, and Marcus Dixon is the guy they brought in. And uh, he... he has obviously galvanized his group, and uh, and they're playing for him. And and, and there's some guys that are obviously playing for roster roster spots, and hopefully you'll be able to hide a few of those guys because you're going to need the depth. Obviously, with what happened with DJ Jones just the other night, you're going to have guys that only give you 13 games out of this group. So what happens in those other four games where you have to substitute and supplement their their production? So, um, you know, I, I just. I just want to give a shout-out to Coach Dixon, and obviously what he's doing with this group has been really effective. Yeah, I want to bring up Matt Henningsen as well. Uh, you just mentioned him a little bit. But Matt Henningsen, obviously, he's a second-year player. Was he a sixth-round pick? Fifth-round pick, I want to say. Fifth-round pick. He was a guy coming out of college who, Wisconsin, right? This is a guy who's an engineer. He's like a rocket scientist. This, this guy's really smart, but he's also becoming a heck of a football player. He made some plays in the run game, generated some pressure, and this is one of those gambles, right? This is a gamble at a depth spot, but you needed some young players in this group to step up, and there were some guys on our station talking about how they expected him to have a bigger year this year, and credit where credit is due. Matt Henningsen looked like he can be a rotational player. He's a six-round pick. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Colin. Um I liked what I saw to him, man. I really did. Because he's got positional versatility, too. He can play the end for you a little bit, and he can move inside. Those Big Ten guys, man, there's a brand of football that they play because it gets cold. And and when you play in November in in the Midwest, like it's Mm. a different type of football, man. It's a different type of cold. Yeah, it's a different thing. Your fingers want to – yeah, I know. I know it all too well. Yeah, You haven't played football in that weather, but it's – I have, but not like tackle football with pads (laughs) on at the professional level. Um, It's tough, man. The other guy I I feel like we, we would be remiss if we didn't mention is Elijah Garcia. He was an undrafted rookie – 
last year, played a few games for the Broncos, had two sacks on the same possession in the second half, I believe, for the Broncos. Also had a quarterback hit and a tackle for loss. Really impressive stuff from an undrafted rookie last year. And you and I mentioned him a few weeks ago, how in camp we loved the power and speed combo, and he displayed it again on the field to the point where you and I said last week, this guy's going to play this year. He's going to make this football team. And he showed why on Friday night. Yeah, and, and he's a mountain of a man. It's a big dude. You're talking about a 6'5", 300-pound guy that can move like that. Um, there's obviously a tremendous upside in that. So, you know, this this can make, uh, uh, again, DJ Jones, Zach Allen, Garcia, uh, just imagine the rotational power there that these guys can present. you, and, and you don't have to find yourself looking over your shoulder. Where's DJ? DJ, you ready to go back in? Mm-hmm. We need another snap. You, you, these guys, man, you saw that kind of come to fruition with the New York Giants against, and that was kind of the elixir for Tom Brady, right, in those Super Bowls. Oh, their, their defensive front was just so <laughs> stout. Lofty yeah. comparison, no, Kyle. I'm just saying, okay. like, when, when, it, when it all comes together, okay. right, that's the power of having a rotation in that front four, front seven, whatever you want to call it, um, that can really catapult your team, you know, in, in, into late-season success. Sure. I, I also love the fact that somebody – is taking advantage of their opportunity sure. because Mike Purcell is still on the NFI list. Who knows when or if he's coming back? I'm not sure. I don't think anybody's gotten a clear report. In fact, message out there to all Broncos media, somebody figure out what's going on with Mike Purcell this week for me. That'd be great. Um, but that's the NFL, man. When a guy's yeah. out, that's your opportunity. Yeah, but also Uwazirike. That was going to be his chance, man. He would have had a real chance had some playing time, and he absolutely blew it. Yeah. Absolutely blew it. But somebody has to step up in his stead. And, and credit what? to Garcia for doing so. Um, when we come back on the other side, we're going to hit the pause button here on the Broncos preseason game just a little bit. We'll get back to it because we still have to talk about Stidham and Danucci. But it's time to play everybody's favorite game. Guess who popped up in Boulder this week? It's Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Broncos bring some heat. Instead, he'll be dropped. It's Elijah Garcia again for a loss of six.